Stand by for Wyoming Hooking and Hunting Outdoors with your host, Drew Kirby. Hey, this is Luke Holmes. I am Morgan Wallen. I'm Riley Green. I'm Travis Denning. Hey, I'm Aaron Lewis. Hey, it's Luke Bryan. I'm Tim McGraw. What's up? This is Ian Munsick. Ah, uh, this is Craig Morgan. And you're listening to Wyoming Hooking and Hunting Outdoors. My Country 95.5. Big, big, big week this week as we are fully into September, which means that uh, most every archery season is underway. We've got bird season happening. Lots of fun and excitement in the outdoors. And that's what we cover right here at Wyoming Hooking and Hunting Outdoors. We've got Game and Fish. We've got Brian and Jess, who first time hunt is coming up in the very near future. Let's get right to it. Have you hooked a big fish or harvested a beast of an animal? Let us know all about it at the My Country mobile app. You're listening to Wyoming Hooking and Hunting Outdoors. My Country 95.5. Wyoming Hooking and Hunting Outdoors on My Country 95.5. Welcome to September in Wyoming, and I know that things are really getting fired up and busy uh, out in the field, Janet. I know uh, we're into uh, bird hunting, and archery season is underway. Yeah, seasons are on, and, and that's evident if you just look around even your community. You can start to see the, the four-wheelers come out, the campers come out. They've been out a little bit for the summer, but they definitely come out a little bit more this time of year, and, and people are getting excited just to be out in the field, whether they're hunting or just enjoying the fall weather. Um, it's it's an exciting time, but definitely a busy time. It sure is. And, of course, we have Justin Denfin with us today as well. As uh, very important this time of year, Justin, uh, because the seasons are underway, and that means harvests are happening, and then those check stations are, are open and running now. Yeah, it, it, like Janet said, fall starts to get cranked up pretty good. Labor Day weekends, you get first real busy weekend with archery seasons and that sort of thing. But yeah, as the rest of fall gets underway, especially um, our rifle season, that's when you start to even notice a, a more of an increased presence of game and fish folks out in the field. So what you'll see, Drew, is you'll, you'll start seeing uh, all kinds of, of check stations in places. Um, and just uh, wardens and biologists just out in their trucks also checking hunters. When there's a check station up and running, are they in designated areas or will they be set up in uh, different areas so that it's covering more land? Well, so it's kind of a mixture of both. Um, and it also, it really largely depends on what the goal of that check station is. Contrary to popular opinion, you know, check stations aren't just a law enforcement compliance thing. That's certainly a part of it. Bigger reason why we utilize check stations are for us, they enable us to collect a lot of biological data and also visit with a whole bunch of hunters and engage the pulse of the public and how things are going. And they allow us to, to collect a whole bunch of that information in a pretty short amount of time. So it really can kind of depend from year to year on where we put them with, with what projects we may have going on, what disease sampling we may have going on, 
or issues and that sort of thing. The samples that are taken at these checkpoints, how are they used to benefit Wyoming's hunting? It does depend on where you are and what kind of samples we might be taking. So if you happen to be hunting in a mandatory um, sample submission CWD area or a focus area for CWD sampling, um, you know, those check stations will provide the opportunity to stop, get your animal tested. We'll take a lymph node out and we'll submit that to our wildlife health lab where, um, you know, they'll do all the testing down there. You know, the disease end of it is just one thing, depending on where you're hunting, but there's so much more that goes into it. There's correlations with horn growth that they do a lot of sampling and measuring on all sorts of things. And Justin, you had mentioned that it gives you an opportunity to, to speak with the hunters. This is it's So it's kind of an impromptu public meeting where if someone is having some issues or have seen some things that are causing problems, that's a great time to let you know. You bet. I mean, you know, we use lots of, of actual, you know, uh, data that we gather, you know, population metrics and harvest data and things like that to inform our population models and how we estimate critters and, and then and then how we determine how many licenses we're going to issue. So all the all the factual data that we collect is, is incredibly important, but equally as important is the, is just the information we gather from hunters. It all helps us kind of paint a bigger picture. You know, so the rest of the year we're talking to hunters, we're talking to landowners, things like that. When we put all that together with the data that we collect, it really helps inform us on on the trajectory of our herd, how they're doing, how hunters are doing that sort of thing. And we'll use that information when we formulate the following year's season recommendations. Uh, I know that people get worried about after they make a harvest in September and October when it's still a little bit warm, uh, but how long of a process is it when someone stops into one of these check stations? You know, we really try to, to expedite things as quickly as possible. We try to make it as painless on the hunters as possible. And it just always depends. Some folks are kind of in a hurry and want to get through. Others want to stop and visit for, for a long period of time. And um, But in other cases, we're just pulling CWD disease samples and that sort of thing. And if folks get backed up, typically we'll, the folks that don't have an animal with them, we'll ship them through pretty quick and uh, try to make the rest of the sampling that we're doing as quick and painless as possible. And, you know, just like Justin said, we it does take time to stop and, and let us do that. But we do want to remind hunters that it is um, illegal to drive past a check station if you have been hunting. And so you need to stop whether you've harvested or not. Um, it's always good for us to hear like, oh, we weren't successful. Why weren't you successful? You know, what were you seeing out on the ground? And that helps us, you know, for hunts in the future. Um, but we do just want to encourage people, like even if you, let's say, are hunting in Jackson, and, and you live in Casper and you've got to drive clear across the state and you encounter five different check stations, you do need to stop at each one. You can give everybody that, hey, already been through, had my sample done or given my information to the biologist in that region and, and on you go. But you do need to stop just for legality purposes. And so we don't want anyone to kind of get in trouble that way. So so keep that in mind. It is um, a pretty quick process and, and really to be honest, it is one of the, the portions of the jobs that our biologists and game wardens love because they do get to interact with the public and they do get to see the critters firsthand and really get their hands on things and really see how our populations are doing. So, you know, don't be afraid. It's not about law enforcement. It is so helpful to us um, in the science community to get this information. Awesome. Janet, Justin, we do appreciate it and hope you guys stay busy this fall. Guaranteed. 
It's to Wyoming Hooking and Hunting Outdoors. My Country 95.5. It's Wyoming Hooking and Hunting Outdoors with Brian from Rocky Mountain Discount Sports. And, oh, you can just feel the excitement when you walk in this store. I The, the parking lot's jammed. Yeah, there's people everywhere, and everyone's uh, pretty excited about their uh, upcoming hunting season. Now, we're not only into bird hunting, but now uh, archery hunting has opened for most everything. Right. And you could just see the intensity in people's eyes. Yeah, there's people scrambling. You know, there's the the archery guys that are uh, just pulling their bow out and realizing that they forgot something from last season or something broke and they put it away. So, yeah, our archery counter has just been slammed busy. But uh, I think we're doing a good job of keeping everybody uh, back in the field as quick as possible. And, and then... Uh, Everybody else that's you know drew a tag this year that's getting uh, buying their new guns and looking for ammo and new scopes and getting ready to get those things sighted in. So if someone is having issues with their their bow they have now, do you guys have a line of bows here that someone could come in and just start new? Yeah, we do. Um, you know, it's kind of kind of late in the game for that, but I mean, we do have a twenty yard archery range. So I mean, if a guy just had to have a new bow, um, you know, we can get them set up, check their draw length, set their their poundage uh, level out their rest, uh, get their quiver, their arrows set up to, to, to meet their requirements, get them, get them dialed in at 20 yards, and then the rest is up to them. So so when we get into archery season, you basically have like a month and a half mm-hmm. head start on rifle. Yeah, that's that's one of the uh, what I what I like about Wyoming is that you know in most areas if you drew a you know a, a, a limited quota tag, uh, you can archery hunt it. So not all areas, but a majority of them. So I mean, if you are the guy that wants to you know get out there and fiddle with those elk in uh, in September, I mean, you can do it. Right uh, now, you may not have very good luck. It's awfully warm right now. Yeah. Boy, we need we need some cooler weather for sure. Uh, of course, we're going to be getting in a rut here very soon. So you want to maybe even start thinking about your plan of action once rut really gets into full swing. Yeah, you know, like our, we we have an aisle here at the store that's got our game bags and our trigger sticks and all of our scents and smoke and all that kind of stuff. So we're seeing a lot of people that are you know preparing and, and buying their scents and their camo and their different calls. Um, so yeah, that that aisle particularly has been really busy. Uh, we were just talking about Bob out at Riverbend uh, Roosters where they're fired up as well. Yeah, they've got they've got birds in, and uh, it's been a little warm. So I mean, a lot of times the guys that are going out there aren't aren't running their dogs for a real long length of time. But there are birds available, and to get those uh, those dogs uh, brushed up. And of course, if you need any of that uh, the ammo, you guys actually have a pretty good supply right now of bird shot. Shotgun shells are doing pretty good right now. Uh, steel shots starting to roll in a little bit better. Um, again, the rifle ammo still pretty hit or miss, but uh, the shotgun shells are starting to, to pick up pretty good. Well, if you're heading out hunting, make sure you swing by here, Rocky Mountain Discount Sports first, so that you for sure got everything upgraded and good to go before you get out on the field. Wyoming hunting outdoors, my country, 95.5. Well, we're full into September. Folks are out hunting, but there are some that are really excited about September fishing. Especially those of us that uh, didn't draw a tag. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you got to look at the bright side of the story, though. <laughs> we get it. We get a fish by ourselves with very little pressure. And that's one of the positive sides of this. It is. Yeah. Um, you know, I, some of my best memories of like you know fall fishing have been in like October and November, and literally you know one of like two or three boats on the reservoir. 
And, that, and that's really nice. But you say that there are some folks that maybe didn't draw like they normally would and have been out on the water. So the water's been really busy lately. The water has been busy, and the, the fishing's still really good. You know, the, the water levels are really, really dropping. Uh, Pathfinder and Glendo are... We're going to see probably 20% water levels, you know, throughout most of the, the fall and, and going into winter. But uh, the fish are still biting, and then uh, it's uh, it, it's been pretty fun. When you drop the water that low, I mean, obviously that means there's less water for those fish to go to. Then how does that work out? I mean, does it mean more fish in little space? Well, I'm sure it does, but it also means more bait fish in a smaller space too. So, I mean, sometimes, uh, you know, trying to get those fish to bite um it, it, it's still still sometimes a challenge and you have to kind of you know learn what the uh the fish patterns are doing but uh we've had really we've had really fun days up at pathfinder just even pitching spoons and jigging wraps and shiver minnows and doing a vertical bite as opposed to just dragging around uh, worm harnesses although we have been dragging worm harnesses behind us while we're pitching and uh Still catching a lot of fish. I mean, a lot of small fish at Pathfinder, better quality fish at Glendo, but um, still, I mean, it's catching. It's it's fun. So if you're not uh, walleye fishing, but you're going to go out and you want to do some exciting fishing, I mean, crappie is another option for you. Yeah, the fall bite down at Glendo and Keyhole Reservoir, um, even uh, um, Gray Rocks down in Wheatland. Uh, there's there's a great you know population of uh, crappie and perch. So that crappie bite uh, is a bit challenging. You know, you, you, when you find them, you find them, and when you don't, you know, you you keep looking, and so it's hard to stay on them. But yeah, it's 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 a lot of fun, especially if you got kids and you can run a slip bobber and a minnow. Um, it's 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 a good time. And when you talk about a setup for the crappie, I mean, really, it is that simple. Mm-hmm. You just put a minnow on a hook with some weights and a bobber. Yeah, and a lot of times, you know, you're only fishing, you know, you might be in deep water, but you might only be fishing, you know, seven or eight foot down. You know, you can use a, a smaller jig with a, a small, like, one-inch or two-inch twister tail. They're pretty effective bite on those. Uh, if you get into the perch, uh, a jig and just a half a crawler works really good, too. And it, and that, again, like you said, is fun fishing. I mean, mm-hmm. kids have fun because you're catching when you get into a school of them. Yeah, you know, and I've talked to a lot of people that have fished, um, you know, Pathfinder this year, and they're like, oh, man, we just killed it up at Pathfinder. We caught, like, 60 fish today. And I'm like, well, did you catch any big ones? He's like... Well, no, like the biggest was 14 or 15 inches, but man, it was a lot of fun. You know, we're just learning how to, how to catch these walleyes. And, um, you know, a lot of people are harvesting those 14 inch fish and they make a great meal. So, um, it's been kind of fun listening to people that have, you know, actually been successful on the water. Now, if you're looking for a little something to do, Keyhole has a tournament coming up in October. Yeah, the Northeast Wyoming Walleye Association has their their fall event, and that's uh, October eighth and ninth. And that's a good it's a good time. It's a it's a really pretty lake. If you haven't been there, lots of uh, diversity in terms of fishing. If um, you know, you, you, a lot of times you're targeting walleyes, but you know you're going to catch uh, crappie and northern and bass and and all kinds of stuff out of there. So, so it really is a smorgasbord of, of fish up there. It is, and it's it's one of the in, in my opinion one of the prettier lakes in Wyoming. You know, it's a you know got a lot of trees and and big rocks and it just uh it's 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 a nice place to fish so when you get into early october 
in an area like that in the northern part of the state, which they're at a lower elevation than we are here with you know some of, of our reservoirs. Will you see a big difference in how the fish are going to bite there? No, presentation is usually still about the same. You know that that fall bite, um, you can really catch them just about any way you want. But um, the water levels up there have been pretty good, so the the fish are more stable. I think so. The opportunity to catch fish shallower is good. Um, but then, you know, if you like running jig and wraps and shiver minnows and cast masters or what deep and jerking them off the bottom, then uh, you can catch fish doing that as well. So if you didn't get the draw this year that you've been dying for, <laughs> you can uh, get the catch out on uh, on the water. Yep, it's a great time to be on the water and uh, a lot less traffic and the fishing is good. Wyoming hooking and hunting outdoors on My Country 95.5. Welcome back to the program. Boy, we've got a great show. We've already had a lot of great information. Of course, it's after September 1st. That means that hunting seasons are underway. We had some uh, hunting going on in August, but now all of the the big game and the uh, the archery seasons are underway, bird season underway. And uh, we thought that uh, we would bring in a first-time hunter <laughs> Uh, Jesse, uh, used to work here at the, the radio ranch, but you've been gone for a little while, but since you've been gone, you drew your first elk tag. I did. I drew my first bull elk tag in area seven. How excited are you about that? Um, I'm more nervous than excited more than anything. Um, I'm excited because I've never done this before. I've gone, I've gone with my family and the boyfriend hunting and stuff. I've never actually pulled the trigger. So I'm excited to experience this all by myself. Well, not by myself, but for myself. Nervous because I've never done it before. I have a feeling that I might have a little bit of a mental breakdown, but it'll be <laughs> fine. It'll be good. It's okay. So it's not like you haven't ever dealt with dead animals because you were a vet tech. So you worked with animals that way. You've gone with your family the whole time. Um, and you know, you've held the guts. You've, you know, oh, yeah. pulled it all out of there and you're not a girly girl. No, definitely not. You told me that you were going to go rifle hunting maybe down the line here, but now it's going to be crossbow. Yes. Yeah. I prefer to be warm. I do not <laughs> want to camp in the freezing cold weather. So, uh, the boyfriend went out and one, I think he bought himself a crossbow. He says it's mine, uh, yeah. but I wasn't allowed to touch it until this weekend. Oh, okay. So <laughs> when you go out with the crossbow, you've said you've shot a lot of guns. Have you ever shot an actual crossbow before? Uh, not until Sunday. No. Really? Was it something you experienced that was like, wow, that's easy? It was actually surprisingly easy um the one that he got it you held it just like a gun so that was nice and it had a scope on it and everything so i didn't have to worry about like trying to figure out how to aim with it um and you just it literally was like holding a gun and pulling a trigger on a gun so that was handy um i did do my uncle and my grandfather worked in an archery or still works in an archery range in colorado so i did grow up doing a lot of okay. archery just like in the range so that was a little nice to have the background of. So if you practice, you know, like laying on the ground and shooting or, or are you going to have like a, a set place you're going to stay? Um, so I was, when I was practicing with a bow on Sunday, I kind of tried a little bit of everything, but I noticed the easiest way for me, to, cause it's kind of heavy. I mean, mm -hmm. it's not as heavy as like a shotgun or a rifle or anything, but for how wide it is to steady it, I'm pretty sure I'm going to be sitting on the ground and using like my knee to oh, almost okay. steady it yeah. just because it's easier to get that angle for me 
Um, I did try standing up. I could, for how heavy and wide it was, I couldn't keep it still well right. enough to. Because it's kind of an awkward yeah. hold. It's not like a gun where it's, you know, not as thick. Yeah, yeah. for sure, for sure. So uh, how you been preparing for your first hunt? I mean, hey, I know that you're already like a physical person. You like to get out and hike. But have you been doing higher altitudes or? Um, I mean, I already hike and we live in mile high anyways. Right. <laughs> so we already hike in pretty mile high, like high altitude weather um, and stuff like that. So I'm not too worried about that. And I am a runner at heart. So endurance is not a big problem for me. We have been doing some scouting and stuff in the area and getting new gear because all of my gear was definitely outdated (laughs) and old and borrowed from my dad, whose gear was also old and outdated. So having to get all new gear and everything like that has been an expensive process. <laughs> expensive but exciting. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, you're, you like to have the fashion stuff. Did you oh, yeah. go for the fashion camo? And I did. Um, I kind of. Uh, I have a – most of my camo that I bought is men's because I'm tall. So uh-huh. women's camo doesn't tend to fit me very well. Uh, but all of that was like Under Armour. And it, I've had a bunch of that for a very long time. And so I just got the men's like lighter wear stuff for the warmer season. Um, and then a uh, boyfriend bought me a Kuyu backpacking backpack. So that's the hunting green. He right. was very excited about it. Yeah, I mean, it's very exciting when you have new equipment like that. So you're going to stay until you kill something or until you have to come home? Hopefully, yes. Uh, how would you describe the experience to maybe a, a young female that wants to do some hunting? How's the experience been for you? Um, honestly, it has been fun. Like I like learning about this. Like I said, I grew up going with my family hunting and stuff like that. So I've never had that problem. I've always liked the outdoors. I think it's a really good thing to learn, whether it's just shooting a gun or shooting a crossbow or any type of like self-defense thing. Um, but I also think it's a good thing to learn how to hunt your own food if any time you are hiking and you get stuck in the wilderness and have to do it. So it's just kind of one of those things that I personally think that every woman should know how to do. Would you encourage someone? You said that you think that most women and and men need to know how to do this. So you would definitely say do it. Oh, yeah. Even if you're not going to hunt and grabbing the hunter safety license, it still teaches you gun safety, teaches you about animals. If you do end up having to kill something, it teaches you like where is the right place to shoot it without ruining the meat that you're going to need. So it's just great basic knowledge, even if you don't actually need to go hunting. Awesome. Thank you so much, Jess, and good luck on your hunt. I hope that you'll share some of the uh, benefits of that hunt with me. But you can listen to all of our great shows inside the My Country 95.5 app.